Welcome to the very first ever Bleacher Bums podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving us a click and checking us out. Super stoked. Really excited for this. I'm sitting across the table from a good friend of mine and co-host Jairus Tinklenberg. Gives me that grin. Makes me want to giggle a little bit. But, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to bring a couple of hot sports topics to you from earlier this week and um, today. But thanks again. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Um, I hate starting the show this way because I feel like it's so mainstream. Everybody's talking about this guy, but you got to address it. Steph Curry, most dominant player in the league right now, obviously the most polarizing athlete in the world. I mean, everybody's got their eyes on him. This guy's a back to back MVP. I think it's uh, no question. Like you said, it is cliche, but you'd be wrong to not talk about the dude. The dude's insane. On top of winning back-to-back MVPs, which he will do this year, I believe he will be the first ever unanimous NBA MVP selection. And and rightfully so. The dude has stepped up his game. He's the best player on the best team in the league, averaging seven more points this year than he did last year in his first MVP campaign, shooting 51% from the floor, which is better than he did last year, and third year in a row, NBA single-season three-pointers made in a season record. So it's never happened in the NBA. No, it happened in and baseball, it, yeah, baseball this year with Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper. Yeah, but I, I think Steph you is going to be the control. first one this year. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to believe why he's not, but somebody's going to mess it up. Someone's going to throw in a vote for LeBron. That's what I was going to ask you. Is which, if, you I, if I don't think LeBron deserves a vote. If anyone, I like Kawhi. I like LeBron. I think LeBron's the best player, but I love Kawhi's defending. Like right. he's a great defender. And he's the Spurs, the Spurs are going just under as good as the, the Warriors. Yeah. They got nine losses this year. It's a shame. Yeah, what's a re- yeah nine re- nine losses in there under the radar? Like that's a shame because <laughs> we have such a good team. The, in the- any other year, they're the best team in basketball. Yeah, but speaking of team play, the Warriors again stay staying with another the, win last night. Yeah, staying with the dang Warriors and such a basic topic. Yeah. But you know, fifty-seven and six. Dominated again yesterday at Oracle. They're untouchable at home. Right. But of course. So are the Spurs. <laughs> we'll see whenever yeah. the Warriors travel there two times. We'll get to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Warriors 57 and 6. Right. Yeah. 19 so ni- games 19 left, to go. Chasing the, that. The 95 96 Bulls, yeah. that unbreakable record that we thought, I think it's going to be broken this year. I think it, it's, you might as well, like, Erase the Bulls from the record book, like <laughs> yeah. through through sixty three games, sixty three games, they have six games. losses. Yeah, if they lose four, they tie, which nobody wants to see a tie. I'm not rooting for that. I'm rooting for them to finish their last nineteen games. Either go sixteen and three, that'll get it done, or seventeen and two. If you maybe nineteen and zero, it wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, even I be would shocked, not be to, shocked see, to see that. Which that one would be untouchable. But they do have the Spurs three times, so twice. In San Twice Antonio, Antonio like one at Golden said. State. I think they're going to win two of the three. So okay. one loss. That's so now they're at, they're like seven losses, assuming they lose at least one of the Spurs. And then I could see the Clippers knocking them off. Maybe Portland knocking them off again. But now there's reason to believe that even a team that we don't think can beat them right. will beat like them, the like Lakers the Kobe, this past like, weekend. Yeah, the Kobe yeah. and the, La- Co- the Kobe, Kobe and the Lakers beat them earlier this weekend. This guy's incredible though. They're led by. A back-to-back MVP. They got great role players, Clay and Draymond. Um, yeah, I think. But if you lose, if you do lose four games, okay. So then you're at tie. Yeah, you're t- when you tie it, do not tie. Like you said, don't tie. Rest right. those guys because they're they've had so much success this year. I think it almost might be better for them to not beat the record. For their title hope. In the long run, it might because they started this year something ridiculous. Was it twenty five and zero, twenty six and zero? So they've been playing with such a high level, such high level this whole year, and you want to see a team be able to pick up their level a little bit in the postseason. In the postseason, and 
I don't know if the war the Warriors can they can go any higher? Peak any higher. But the thing is, their peak obviously last year was enough to win it all. I think it is this year too. But I'm with you. Rest of the guys just for a couple games, and go ahead and get that second ring. That's just a lot of pressure, and even like for for the NFL, of course, it's to beat the Dolphins who won the Super Bowl. Right. Now nobody's saying like it's over the 82 game span, so 72 and 10. This so they wouldn't have to worry about it when they got right. to the playoffs, but that's a lot of pressure and a lot of effort going into beating that before the playoffs even start. And, you know, with there's a lot of strong teams in the West. Like, I'd rather them rest, not beat the record, and anyone would rather have back-to-back championships than Absolutely. beat that record. Right? For sure, for sure. But uh, enough NBA. I want to move on to the NFL. Big week in the NFL this week. Uh, a lot of guys calling it quits, and new league year started on Wednesday. Uh, Monday morning, we had Peyton Manning Peyton, officially yeah. retire. Great press conference. Right. Love that. Best, best retirement press conference I've seen. Okay. Uh, that I haven't watched a whole lot of them. We'll see how Kobe's is going to be. Right. We'll compare right. those two because that'll be two legends doing it. But, yeah, I loved it. I mean, that's so Peyton Manning, how he did it. He was funny, too. Yeah. He was funny, too. Because you've seen the guy. He's yeah. he's a f- relatable guy. <laughs> like He's a big, goofy football player and he's funny and he has the SNL skits and the commercials so it was good to see him on such a serious and emotional day for him to be humorous as well right and you know make the people in that room giggle a little bit laugh a little bit I I enjoyed it yeah and it was the right decision too I'm happy he walks out a champion two Super Bowls now a lot of people are going to ask is he the greatest of all time he is the greatest quarterback of all time I disagree I think regular season he is you look at all the records he has but two and two in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. If you're asking me who's the best player ever to play quarterback, give me Peyton. I'll take Brady. No, I'll take, give me I Peyton? think I'll take Montana, Montana over Manning Montana, as well. Montana, Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, give me Peyton because this guy's preparation is like no none other. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna prepare for a game more than Peyton Manning. Right. But it's not all preparation. It is it is a large part of it. The quarterback position is fifty percent mind. We saw it in the Super Bowl. What well. If it's fifty percent mind, Tom Brady's got a pretty great mind too. Then four, he's not better he than Peyton. I'm just Bowls. saying he. I'm saying that he prepares better. I say he's he's the best quarterback of all time. Look at all the records he's broke. If you give me okay, here you go. One game. Uh, I don't want to say this because you say Super Bowls because he he has give lost me Dan two Super Bowls. Yeah, <laughs> his backup for a couple of years in the Indianapolis. But um, if you have two, if you have or what am I saying? Yeah, he's lost two Super Bowls. Right. But if you have one game, the biggest game of the year, which would be the Super Bowl, and you got to have one, you get to choose from all the quarterbacks ever to play the game. I want Peyton personally. Uh, it is a personal opinion. I respect your decision. I'm taking Brady, and I'm going to get the W. Okay, he's the greatest of all time. But anyways, moving on, let's talk about uh, some other guys hung up the cleats this um, right. off season, so, and some really influential players. Calvin Johnson, obviously, a lot of people yeah. talking about that. Woodson. Of age. Charles Woods, Woodson, right? Marshawn Lynch, uh, Jared Allen as well. Yeah, those two, last two, Marshawn Lynch and Jared Allen, both choosing Twitter as their retirement speech. Jared, Jared Allen's Twitter video was awesome. Uh, very unique, and I I also liked Marshawn though. You yeah. know, simple. It was right. it was so. It Marshawn. was just Marshawn. Yeah, and um, so five guys, five five players get inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame every every year. You know, and you have to wait five years to be inducted. Are these five guys, could we see in 2021, that Hall of Fame class, could we see all five of these guys getting inducted at the same time? Not at the so. same time. Not at the same time. I think Peyton's a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
I think Charles Woodson is too, but I don't think the other three are first ballot. I think Calvin and Jared Allen might get in eventually. I I don't think Marshawn's going to get I in. I think at Marshawn's all. the farthest yeah. away from I, being a right. Hall of Famer. He's great. For four or five years there, he was he was fantastic. I mean, you physical and just passionate player. He, get, he got a lot of attention from the media and the fans. But I don't think I think For he's sure. the least. I think he's the least like has the least of the resumes to right. get into the and like you said it's because just it was just for four or five year yeah stint. But, i mean he's great don't get me right. wrong he changed the game i mean people loved watching that guy i was a, a big fan of watching i would run. love to hear marshawn lynch have a, <laughs> a hall, hall of fame, fame yes. <laughs> you get up there i'm just here so i don't get fine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh i agree with you charles you woodson think, he's a shoe in right. first ballot so is Peyton. like i said what do you think about calvin though i think calvin i think calvin's gonna do it i and for, my reasoning for that is because the NFL wants to send a message to its to its players. Maybe not the NFL, but the players' union wants to tell their players and ensure their players that you don't have to play the game until you your the wheels fall off, until you can't walk anymore, until you can't see straight or think right because the concussions and all that to get in the NFL, to get into the Hall of Fame. You don't have to play until your last down, like Peyton did. I mean. Peyton's healthy, luckily, and God bless. I mean, thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want this guy to be hurt going out, right? But, I mean, Calvin, he he was capable of, capable of playing. And I think that even Marshawn and I I think all these guys, the, there's the four guys other than Peyton could definitely go back and play right. again. Woodson was playing at a pretty good level whenever he retired. But I think that five years from now, we're going to be looking at a different NFL. And I think that they're going to really want to promote this, that, hey, you know, we're, we're keeping our players safe. Like, it's okay to retire early because now we have a guy who did that and he got into the Hall of Fame. So now other guys can think, hey, you know, do I have the resume to get in the Hall of Fame before I completely destroy my body? I think they're going to use that to their advantage. And so yeah, I'm with I think, you. I, I think, think the NFL gonna... wants to see Calvin in for that exact reason that you said. But I don't know if the the people in control of this decision, the Hall of Fame voters – will side with the NFL on that. So we'll have to see in five years from the now. The NFL's sketchy, so I think they're going to have a little bit of an influence on right. it because it is the writers who vote. But um, I'll be interested to see that. Obviously, we have to wait five years. But I also <laughs> think we might have to wait longer than that for Calvin because I kind of see him coming back. I want to predict right. that. Kinda so if he, would ca- if he came back, and pl- you'd have to wait five, five more years. years right. Then, so so maybe, maybe if he's like four years deep and he's like, dude, I'm not going to be playing <laughs> I'm going to come back. Like, yeah. how old, I don't even know how old he would be, but – he could probably do it. Dude's a beast. Um, yeah, but that was Monday when Peyton retired and guys were hanging up the cleats and whatnot. But Wednesday was the start of the new yeah. league year. And on Tuesday, we had a, a big trade in the works. Yeah. DeMarco to Tennessee. Yeah, and I wanted to say before we got to that, Wednesday's a big d- when Wednesday's when that trade goes through and all mm-hmm. kinds of previous negotiations go through. This is the one day of the year that all 32 teams think they can win the Super Bowl. Not the Browns. <laughs> I know you're looking at me waiting to be like, uh, the Browns are not winning the Super Bowl. And maybe not even your Rams are looking that way. Hey, L.A., new city, new team. Hey, Case Keenum leading Jeff, to the get to the Jeff Fisher out of there. But. but, yeah, I mean, all the teams think they can do it. And like you said, big trade happened on Tuesday with DeMarco Murray. I hated it. You did. I, I liked it a lot from Tennessee's perspective. I you, like the idea. In theory, it's fantastic. Right. You draft Mariota second overall. This year, you have the number one pick. You're looking at an offensive line. 
to keep him upright because he, he did get injured last year. Yes. But last year, their leading rusher was Antonio Andrews with just over 500 yards. You can't tell me the run game isn't going to be better with DeMarco Murray. That's what I'm saying. In theory, it's a great idea. You're bringing in a great running back who led the league in rushing two years ago. He had 70, 700 yards last season with like the few amount of carries. I think right. he only had about 130 carries last year. Didn't carry the ball very often. Um, it, towards the end of the season, you never know. Never know what blood. you're going to get with yeah. Chip Kelly. But I just don't. The thing about Demarco is, I'm a Cowboys fan, man. I'm a diehard. I loved him when he was here, but I saw what this what he turned into whenever he left. You know, he got his money, and he's happy about that. That's why he went there because he wanted the money. Right. And he, then he put out the excuse like, "Yeah, I think the Eagles could win a Super Bowl. Like, were they contenders? Yeah, yeah they." Everybody's a contender at this point in the season last year when he when he signed that deal. But when you saw what, how he reacted over the season, that's what I'm worried about. Because as a Titans organization, this is a great idea. You're going to take some pressure off of uh, your quarterback, your young quarterback. You're going to get a new offensive lineman in here with the first overall pick. I just don't know if I want DeMarco hanging around my young quarterback. Like, he's got a bad attitude, right? Right. He did have a bad attitude in Philly, but I think – I'm going to blame that on Chip Kelly, and I could be wrong, but I think that's more of Chip Kelly's effect on him. Rather and than losing. It couldn't just be Chip, right. though. Like, I think it's because they weren't winning games. Right. They and were. He, they he were went the there. I think DeMarco legitimately expected to be a Super, Super Bowl contender. Because they did make a lot of moves last right. offseason, and they, I mean, they're doing it again now. Chip Kelly, you said bad blood there in Philly. He's out, and now the organization and the new coach, I'm not sure who the new coach is. need to look that up, but um, – yeah, they're trying to clean up that mess. That guy made a huge mess, right. got rid of two of the most electrifying players in the league and Dejon Jackson and LaShawn McCoy last right. offseason. I, th I think the Eagles are definitely going to feel the post-Chip Kelly effect for a couple years. They're going to struggle these next yeah, couple years. that's what I was about to I was, was getting to. Like, I think if you're a Philadelphia fan, you're happy to get rid of some of these guys, get rid of the big contracts that Chip right. brought in. But they're going to feel they're going to feel the effects of that because they also traded – Byron Maxwell and Kiko, Kiko Alonso to right. Miami and of course unloaded those big contracts but what do they get in return? Right. Nothing. Yeah. Like, they moved up a little in they the draft. got they got yeah. some money back that they don't have to pay now. But yeah, you know, it's good for the Eagles organization. I hate the Eagles. Do not get that twisted. I hate the Eagles because I'm a Cowboys fan. For all I care, they cannot win another game for the rest of their existence. But it's good to see an organiz organization move on from such a disastrous experiment with Chip Kelly. Um, next thing, staying in the a NFC East. NFL free agency. What? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, staying in the NFC East, let's talk about the Giants been big spenders um, in that division. Yeah, Same one is. with the Philadelphia Eagles. So now the Eagles really got to be worried. Right. They threw, so the Giants on Wednesday threw $85 million at Vernon, the defensive end for the, for the Dolphins. Yeah, from the Dolphins, who now they've added a couple of defensive guys, let him go. A um, lot of money going his way. I think – I think that, it, you know, it's just so hard because the first day of free agency, like all teams are trying to make the big splash. They're trying to get the the fan fan base uh, excited, and I think that I heard something on the radio. I think it was um, it was Tim Callishaw who was talking about the Dallas Fort Worth guy, and he was talking about how you can't really look at the money at the end of the contract, like the the overall what it's supposed to what they're supposed to be paying them. Look more at the guaranteed money right. because some of these guys get cut. Before Cut, the or up. yeah, they reconst like uh, reconstruct the contracts and stuff. But yeah, they're paying a lot of money over there right. in New York for the Giants. They're trying to get that defensive side of the ball right. They brought in the corner from the Rams. Janoris Jenkins yeah. signed him. 
brought him in. So their secondary and pass rush is getting help bringing back JPP. Uh, so I'm not happy about that, but because <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan, but just to see teams, you know, they're trying to they're trying to prepare for this season and become make themselves contenders. And if they think that they have a better ch- chance of building a better team through free agency than they do the draft, and so be it. Throw money at people. Speaking of people who got a lot of money thrown at them for little production, it seems Brock Osweiler to the Houston Texans, uh, four man. four years, seventy two million. So. 18 million a year and Pro Football Focus had an article that said the Broncos offered him 16 million a year. So, so there's a 2 million difference. 2 million difference. I'm like if I'm Brock, I think I have a better chance to win in Denver. I don't care if you want to win. You got your Super Bowl. You won last year. But he he won B- go somewhere ben- if you're okay with winning on the bench. I mean, you got that out of the way. Like a lot of players don't win at all, bench or not. Right. So I think his mindset into this is for one they're paying me two million more. I, <laughs> whenever you're looking at eighteen and sixteen million dollars for us, you thinking like I, I'll take it, either one of those. But for those guys, two millions, you know, that's a significant addition to their contract. And I also think the biggest thing is he doesn't want to stay in that Peyton Manning shadow. He he, I mean, learned behind Peyton Manning. They molded him. They crafted Brock Osweiler to be the starter whenever Peyton left. But now he has to deal with. Oh, you're the Peyton Manning replacement. As to when he goes to Houston, you're the guy. I you're mean, Brian Hoyer's replacement. <laughs> yeah, like nobody knows Brian Hoyer, the turnover machine <laughs> in the divisional playoffs. So I'm excited for Brock. I I think that two million dollars that's great. You get a fresh slate, but you know people are making a big deal out of his size and his high ceiling and stuff. Let's not forget that Ryan Mallett's on the Houston Texans as well, and that guy's a physical right. specimen too, like six seven. And they paid him eight, 18 million a year. To me, looks like a guy that you know exactly what you're going to get. And I don't think we can say for certain seven starts, seven starts, four and three record in those starts. Yeah, I, I, passer rating 25th in the league out of 34 eligible quarterbacks. Now the upside I think is there, and. Texans also made a splash with Lamar Miller. Miller, They have DeAndre Hopkins. They're not a bad team. They were a playoff team last year with, like you said, Hoyer and Mallett. And Whedon got in there. They just need a solid quarterback just to play all all the games. And, yeah, they're going to have a nice little uh, three-headed monster with Hopkins and um, Miller, Lamar Miller coming in, and then Osweiler, of course. So, But what do the Broncos go from here? I mean, they got to be a little disappointed, right? So. They're they're looking around like without Manning and without Osweiler now, and you've heard the rumors about Kaepernick and Kaepernick RG3. and RG three. Those are the those are who they've been linked to. I think they sign one of them. They'd have to trade for Kaepernick, and I think they dr- obviously they're going to draft a quarterback now. If they do that in the first round, the fourth round, we don't know. So yeah. there's a couple of guys out there. I don't think there's any. I really don't think there's any franchise quarterbacks in this year's draft. I think you could have a decent quarterback come out of it. But my suggestion would be, or my prediction would be for the Broncos, is Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Jets let him walk. I mean, this guy went 10-6 and six last year. All you need is a game manager. I will. We, s- yeah. We saw with it last that team, year. With that Broncos yeah. team. If you do sign Fitzpatrick, he is, he is on the older side. I would be sure to draft a quarterback this in this year's draft. So you have someone when Fitzpatrick They retires. still have one quarterback on the roster. He's just l- never sniffed the field. Right. Practice squad, little practice squad guy, but yeah, you know, I think Denver's best opportunity is uh, Fitzpatrick. Personally, you think Kaepernick, correct? I like Kaepernick, and yeah. then drafting a guy, of course. Um, but yeah, a lot of big spenders on those first couple of days. A lot of 
new faces and new places for say. But um, moving on from the NFL, I'm sure there's there's plenty to talk about in the NFL. We will never run out of stuff to talk about for football in America. But I want to talk about a popular article written by Tim Cowan of ESPN on Bryce Harper. Um, Harper had some interesting comments today. I want to. Yeah, I you're saw a, that. You're a big baseball fan, so I want to see. The exact quote is, baseball is tired. It's a tired sport because you can't express yourself. You can't do what people in other sports do. I'm not saying baseball is, you know, boring or anything like that, but it's the excitement of the young guys who are coming into the game who have flair. What I I make of that is, like, he's pleading for the opportunity to – touchdown celebrate i guess <laughs> <laughs> like like dab or do i think he i think he wants to be able to flip his bat without getting beamed <laughs> without, <laughs> to, yeah. to, to get it short i mean i guess that's okay like i would yeah you but, know but but what do you think you're the right. baseball fan so I, I baseball is my favorite sport and i know in america i'm in that minority of a person who can sit down you're and white watch, you're not a minority <laughs> watch 150 of 50 baseball games and not get bored. I know it's a slow-paced game. So I respect baseball's unwritten rules. I have a lot of respect for baseball history, but I don't take offense as a baseball fan, and I don't disagree with Bryce Harper's comments. The only thing is I don't understand in baseball when you have an opportunity to express yourself. Yeah, you hit a home run, and you can bat flip. And I don't have a problem with that if the timing is right. Jose Bautista's bat flip in game five, a lot of people talked about it. Which I hated, by the way. Right. But I thought the time is perfect. You're at home yeah. in a clinching game to go to the American Against League Championship. Against my freaking Rangers. American League Championship Series. I loved it. And w- the result of it is more people were talking about baseball. People who don't watch baseball were YouTubing that video. And now Jose Batista is more well-known. Now, what other other than home runs, what are you going to do? When you steal That's second, are you going <laughs> to get up and like high step? Like, and then you're going to get tagged something? out. Yeah, like, what are you going right. to do? So you can make a diving catch for the third out and – the camera will be on there, and you can celebrate on your own or meet a teammate in center field. But yeah, they already have like the handshakes and stuff. So right. I think, I think I see both sides of what Bryce is getting at. Um, of course, I'm not nearly as big of a baseball fan as you are. I really got into baseball this past season. I myself used to think it was boring, but after you know following the Rangers closer this year and um, MLB TV um, really helped that as well. But I, I think that, I, yeah, like I said, I see both sides. I want, I'm want i a competitive guy. I love to see guys celebrate what they do. You saw Steph do it last night. When he hit that half court, it was right. as simple as just sprinting that's a, that's off the That's a free throw court. for him now. Yeah, it's like he just he hits this half court shot, which he, he's done it three times he's done in it, a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he just like it's nothing to him, so he just sprints off the court. Right. Love that. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. And, you know, Cam Newton with his dad this year was a big deal. Love it. It's just so much easier to do that in those sports sports. than in baseball. But I think Bryce is right. I think Bryce should be able to bat flip. I think guys should be able to celebrate. Now, I want to see that. As a fan, Mm -hmm. I want to see guys have a good time. You know, I I don't want to be too biased and use Ranger um, comparisons, but, you know, you see, like, the interaction between Beltre and Elvis Andrews with touching Beltre's head and just – calling each other off of uh, uh, pop flies and whatnot. So I like that. But I also see another side of it that I want to bring to the table. You know, these guys, these MLB players, these professionals, they are the role models of every level below them that plays that sport. High school, college, little little league. league, T-ball. T-ball. You know, before these kids can walk, they're watching these these guys play the game. So if they see Bryce Harper – 
high step into first on a you know first inning single <laughs> through the gap. They're gonna do the same thing, and I don't want to see that. I, it would be pretty funny. I w- <laughs> you've seen everybody's seen the vine where the kid hits the wiffle ball and like shoots it out of the sky right. and bat flips. Yeah. Of course, that's awesome in your backyard. But I'm talking recreational little league baseball. I don't want to. See- it's gonna get out of hand. Yes, I don't want to see. I don't want to see kids doing. Th- I don't want to see a t-ball kid right. get a, gonna, hit a single and bat flip. You're gonna see parents getting in fights. Yeah, in the parking people lot. are gonna be fighting because of what their kid did on the baseball <laughs> diamond at in kindergarten. But so yeah, I think that because it'll trickle down if they do in the MLB. It by golly, it will get down to the to the little league right. level, and um, you know th- I don't want to kill the love for the game because. You know, kid pitch, first season of kid pitch. I don't want to kill some kid's love for the game because he throws a meatball down the center of the plate and some kid takes it deep and bat flips and he doesn't want to play baseball anymore. Don't take the love out of the game. I think that we should be more lenient. But this is a culture change. This isn't a rule change. This is, like you said, an unspoken rule. So this isn't something like the MLB can come and be like, hey, if a guy bat flips, you can't beam him. Right. There's still guys. There will – like – I. I think there will forever be guys, right, that that are firm believers in the unspoken right. rules. Yeah, 100 years from now, I think we will have more of a gradual shift to where more people are bat-flipping, more people are expressing themselves in ways that it's hard to do in baseball, but they'll find their ways. Yeah, of course. I, I think I agree. But it's never going to be where that 100% of baseball players agree are on Are okay with that. Right, because yeah. a kid's going to grow up in an old-school, traditional baseball family, and his dad's going to teach him to play the game, quote-unquote, the right way, because it is— By in, the unspoken right. rule. And that's, you know, you being someone, if they— If they bat-flip bat like flip Jose Batista. But, yeah, I mean, I see both sides of it, but if— if 20-year-old Ryan Zamboni hit a home run in the MLB right now, I'm bat flipping. <laughs> but uh, moving on, you know, big week next week in college sports. Right. Sele- selection Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. So which is big time. And a week from today is the wor- first day of the tournament, the basketball tournament, which pumped to fill out brackets and follow that. Um, I'm going to have the perfect one this year. So no, just letting won't. all you guys know. <laughs> it won't happen no, ever, but, but ever. It won't happen ever, but I think this year is the hardest of any other year. There's no dominant team. Yeah. Every team, they're number one for a week or two, and they get knocked off. That's what I'm saying. Is like, in a years past, we've had that those dominant Kentucky teams and those Duke teams who just right. seem untouchable. And it's like shoe in final four votes. I don't think that all four four seed, like number one seeds. I think maybe even just one of them will get into the final four. So what I want to ask you, I don't watch a whole lot of college basketball before March. What I want to ask you is, if you had to, before the bracket comes out on Sunday, who are your four number one seeds on Sunday? Or who are the four five teams four, that are going to be okay, in the final four? Final four, yeah. So yeah, because we kind of right. know who are the yeah. one seeds. That's but. that's tough to do without seeing the regions because, <laughs> for example, North Carolina, I think they're a final four team. Now, I hope they don't put them in a brutal region where they have a chance to get knocked off early or something like that. But my four final four teams without seeing the bracket would be North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, and Michigan State. So we got Calipari, yep. Self, um, Izzo, Izzo and then and Roy Williams and North Carolina. So four great UNC, coaches, yeah. which which you need that in March, right? And especially in this year when you don't have those just stud guys who are just going to dominate the tournaments. Coaching is going to be a big part of it this year. It's always in March, but I think more amplified this year. And also, I think backcourt play 
you love the UNC backcourt. Right. I love UNC's backcourt. I love Kentucky's with Tyler Lewis. I personally love Frank Mason and KU's backcourt. I think they've been there a long time with Perry Ellis as well. They've been been playing playing forever. (laughs) So, um, and I'm a big 12 homer, so I'd love to see them do well. But yeah, we're going to wrap things up. That's all we got for today. Um, Man, we really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. We're enjoying this. We have big expectations and plans for this. So if you guys would continue to support us, um, follow us on all our social media. Follow us on Twitter. At BleacherBumpsPC is the Twitter handle. Go ahead and shoot us some questions or some topic suggestions. And later on in future shows, we'd love to talk talk about about those. those topics. Yeah. And I mean, rip us up. Give us some constructive <laughs> criticism. You know, we love to. We want to hear the good and the bad, so we can uh, get better. But also, like us on Facebook. I'll be sharing that link um, through Twitter and on my own Facebook. I'm sure Jerris will do the same. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, hello. Thank you for doing so. Uh, there's also other ways. iTunes, Podbean will be one of those. SoundCloud, SoundCloud, and then YouTube, of course. Um, yeah, but thanks for, thanks for listening guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you.